surveillance continues. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. Stock Index futures are a little changed to lower this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are quiet today. Dow futures currently lower by 20 points. S&Ps and NASDAQ futures are lower by two. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.85%. And European markets are mostly lower this morning. France is down 0.4%. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, non-farm productivity and initial jobs claims. At 9.45, market U.S. services PMI. And at 10 o'clock, ISM non-manufacturing composite, factory orders, and durable goods orders. In other news, Herbalife said active new member data had errors. Shares are down 8% pre-market. And in deal news, the Wall Street Journal reported Samsonite said near a deal to buy Toomey. After the bell last night, American Eagle Q&E PS view topped estimates. Costco missed. And regarding earnings this morning, Joy Global Q&E loss was wider than expected. Tech data beat. And Sienna Q1 adjusted EPS also beat. Finally, some key Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. At Bank of America, Alcoa cut to neutral. Valero Energy raised to neutral. And Marathon Petroleum raised to buy. Sherwin-Williams raised to buy over at Citigroup. Intel raised to outperform at Robert Baird. And Freeport McMoran cut to neutral versus buy over at UBS. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K-Go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Futures negative two and uh, a churn to the screen as well. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Invesco. Invesco believes it's time to bench the benchmarks to consider active management and factor-based strategies. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Without question, the chart of the day, Neil Dutta, Renaissance Macro. Folks, I, I'm not going to send it out because it's his proprietary uh, chart. We protect copyright here. Contact Renaissance Macro uh, for his wonderful chart. Stuart Hoffman, you know the chart. Layoffs and layoff announcements, the American economy, and then separate Energy. I have no idea how stark it is. I mean, we know energy's flat on its back, but the layoff announcements for the rest of America are shockingly good. How does the Fed handle that? Well, the Fed knows. I mean, it can't directly target the energy industry. Uh, I haven't seen the chart, but, you know, the Challenger gray Christmas yeah. number was out. It did show a drop in uh, in layoffs in January and February. January and February, though, are still up by uh, 33% from a year ago. But as you mentioned, uh, 40% of the layoffs, 25,000 people in the month of February. Now, those are announced layoffs. That doesn't mean they're out of the job yet, but will be soon. But look at what's happened now for, we'll see tomorrow, probably tomorrow, the 14th straight month of losses in the energy industry. And they've been averaging about 10,000 a month. Uh, since, frankly, January of 2015, and this suggests they may be picking up the pace of that, uh, and that's one of the reasons why. I mean, I've got about 200,000 rising jobs tomorrow, but for the whole year, you know, we're thinking we'll, we'll create closer to 2 million jobs. Last year, we created 2.7 million, and part of that difference is 
layoffs in the energy industry going in 2014 to adding to laying off in 2015 and probably even deeper in 2016. But from the Fed's point of view, uh, you know, they can't target the energy industry. They know there's a supply issue. I think they have to look, as you said, at what's happening outside of energy, knowing both in ma- energy and manufacturing there are what economists like to call multiplier effects. You throw the stone into the lake and the ripples yeah. go around, and that is going to affect other industries, other companies, and other individuals. But you're right. right. So far, it's been extraordinarily contained. And, and, Mike, you know, it goes to Kruger's Two Americas. This is a different debate. There's a debate about labor economy and wage growth and a broader macro view. This is about the micro dynamics of job formation and disformation. It's a different story. Yeah. uh, I mean, one of the uh, least followed numbers by economists is the Challenger Job Cuts Report because it's worldwide, not just in the United States, and many of those jobs never actually get cut or it's attrition. But when you, uh, I mean, the real question, uh, Stuart, is, of course, uh, when you have, we knew that there is, there have been layoffs and layoffs, more layoffs coming in the energy industry. It's when it uh, follows on, when when the energy people are no longer working and uh, no longer spending money at the, the local stores and the local stores go out of business, that's a problem. And I note that in North Dakota, the unemployment rate is still 2.7%, even after all the layoffs. Mike and Tom, I think that gets to the idea that, you know, while we are reading about announced layoffs in energy, nobody in maybe the transportation industry, the airlines or the hotels or the motels or technology or some parts of manufacturing said, we hired 20,000 or 1,000 people this month because our energy costs are down, and that is a big savings, and we're seeing a little stronger demand. Uh, so you you it's, you know you always hear the bad news and there is plenty of it and legitimate, but what you don't see is the good news. The only way you kind of see it in general is look at the total job numbers, and if they're up two hundred thousand tomorrow, despite the layoffs in energy and looking over the last twelve or thirteen months, jobs are up uh, you right. know, about two hundred thousand a month, even absorbing the losses in energy. So there are positive effects of people getting jobs or keeping jobs or maybe now getting better wages because of the drop in energy. And I've I've been adamant about the fact that the net impact on the U.S. economy of lower energy prices is positive, but Mm -hmm. a lot of distributional effects, and there's not much the Fed can or should do about it. And, by the way, it's also helping Europe. It's helping Japan. It's helping China. Maybe not enough, but think of where the U.S. economy and some of those economies might be. If gasoline was coming up on right. four fifty a gallon, and uh, oil prices were still ninety yeah. or hundred bucks a gallon uh, a barrel, yeah, it's not to say the least. Stuart Hoffman, brilliant. Thank you so much to PNC uh, Financial. Michael McKee, John Tucker, emailing me yesterday in the middle of the show. I think you know as our as our proxy for cheap New Jersey gas, uh, Mr. Tucker was suggesting a dollar fifty six. That was my memory. Could we get under a dollar? Would that be? And I'm not ready for that. Well, on an inflation-adjusted basis, you're there. Um, But uh, we need John to come in and tell us what he's spending his extra money on. Yes, we do. No question about that. Uh, Economic data will review productivity later today. Bloomberg Surveillance. 
Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit Land Rover at tristate.com for special offers during the only adventure sales event, Land Rover Above and Beyond. <laughs> 